Hello, everybody, and welcome to the big 50th episode of Comics and Cinema. I am your host, Alex Klein, and I am so happy to be here. I could not have been or made it to where I am right now without the love and support, the likes, the retweets, the donations. Uh, the super packs that have been created in my name in regards to this podcast. So I just want to give a couple of quick shout outs. I want to uh, shout out to a thank you to uh, Marvel Studios, specifically Kevin Feige. Uh, nice, a nice big donation from him. Uh, also got, uh, I've been getting some smaller donations uh, in piecemeal from Avi Arad. Not a huge fan, and I, I made that clear, Avi, but I appreciate you sticking with us for now. And uh, also a big shout out to uh, uh, DC. Uh, it sounds like they've appreciated the things that I've been doing as well. And uh, right now I'm just swimming, like I'm swimming in cash, I'm swimming in donations and endorsements, uh, endorsement deals. I I wouldn't have thought, guys, and, and people people have said this that uh, when you create a podcast, when you start your podcast or whatever, you want to get into the podcasting, you shouldn't do it for the money you should be doing it because you want to do it and i'm here to tell you that is 100 percent a lie i day one when i posted my very first episode of the podcast all those months ago uh, i was not in it for the money at the time but I, I think that's the magic button i think not being in it for the money slowly starts the money just starts it starts coming in by the billions and uh, so that's where I'm at right now. So I just want to let you guys know that I'm doing great. This podcast has saved my life. It saved my uh, saved my marriage. Saved my my house. Uh, I I when I was once a pauper, I am now a prince. So thank you all for uh, your donations. My Patreon is um, uh, it's it's not out yet, but I'm getting some really good feedback on it. I'm going to have a couple of tiers. There's going to be a tier where you, the first tier is uh it's it's a $50 tier. Uh, it's $50 a week and you're going to get all the same content that you have right now, but if you do the $100 tier, uh I will put in a personalized message at the end of every podcast just saying, "Hey, um th- that's all it's going to be actually. I don't have I don't have a lot of time on my hands, but I'll just say, "Hey, call out your name. Boom, that's 100 bucks a week, easy peasy." And um I'm still working on the other tiers above that, but like I said, I've just gotten I mean, I mean, I'm looking at my thing right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to wonder in my head how long I'd be able to go on doing that. But uh, no, no. Uh, right back to what I was saying in the beginning. You want to do a podcast? Do it because you love it. Do it because you love talking. And I, as my family and friends and coworkers, will tell you I love to talk. And uh, that's why I did the podcast. And uh, that's also a lie. No, I. Uh, I just I, I want to say thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart for all of you who are listening to this. This is the again, this is the 50th episode. If you'd have told me a couple months ago even, but shoot a year ago, I'd be doing a podcast and I would have uh, 50 episodes with 50 50,000 followers. Uh, you I would say you're crazy, but um, I, God, I, I love joking around about it, but no, I, honestly, I, I just really enjoy doing this. I, I have so much to talk about in terms of comics and movies, and I just really appreciate those of you who are listening to this and uh, enjoying some small part of it. So thank you for being on the ride. I promise I don't think there will ever be an instance where I set up a Patreon or do anything like that. Uh, I'm certainly not in it for the money at all. I'm just in it to get to get get me out there, not even to get me out there to be famous. Just if you guys are curious about comics or movies or any sort of real any sort of art, because I'm trying to talk about other things too. Um, this is the place for it, and this is I, I hope that I've been able to provide you guys with an honest and genuine approach. I try to make my podcast as off the cuff as possible. I understand that there are so many podcasts out there. And you guys have chosen to listen to this one. And I know there are only a specific number of hours in the day. And that's why I tend to keep my shows under an hour. But um, no, seriously, in all seriousness, all joking aside, thank you so much for being a, a loyal listener. And I hope that you guys will stick around as I continue to grow in this role and hopefully become better for you guys. So in the spirit, and I wanted to share this as well, today's actually my three-year wedding anniversary. So um, synchronicity-wise, today has been a fantastic day. I've got 
an anniversary at the exact same time that I am recording the 50th podcast, which just so happens to be on the same day that new comic books come out. So I'm thinking to myself, well, how can I make this one special? And it was a a twofer. So I said, well, you know what? It's my anniversary. I think I want to treat myself to a couple extra comics. And at the same time, these comics are very big comics. These are uh, some special comics, I think, that came out, and uh, I really enjoyed them. So uh, I'm going to do a couple special things for you guys today. So first off, I'm going to review three comics that I bought and read today. Those comics are Marauders, issue number one, the Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle, uh, issue one of one. This is a one, a nine ninety nine one shot, and I'll get into that when we get into it. But it's a really special issue. And then the Immortal Hulk issue number twenty five, uh, and we'll be getting into that as well. But then in terms of of this being the special giant sized fiftieth anniversary issue of uh, comics and cinema, I'm gonna let you guys in on a little treat, a little secret that um, some of you, maybe all of you, probably don't know. I, uh, I'm i a writer, and I, I'm constantly writing, whether that's in a journal or just when I have a story in my head, I'll, I'll write it down, essays, that sort of stuff, poems. And so uh, when I was in college, I started up a Tumblr, and I was just on it today, and I was like, holy cow, I have like 129 followers on, on my Tumblr. I have no idea. I haven't posted on Tumblr in years. But when I was in college... Uh, and actually, it was about. And I'm looking at it here. Okay, so these were actually posted in uh, 2013. So these are in 2014, uh, not 14 on that one, but uh, 2015. Interesting. So I actually I wrote an essay about my five five different essays about my favorite superheroes and how they impacted my life in different ways. And then I wrote a long, like a poem, a, a long, not a long form poem, but just a, a structured poem about Galactus. And so I figured on my 50th anniversary of, uh, of uh, comics and cinema, we're celebrating 50 years here. And I want to, uh, I want to celebrate that by sharing these with you because where's the best place to read off essays than in a podcast? Because, uh, it's almost like I was planning this in advance, and I'm, I'm really proud of these essays. I actually have not read them since that time, so uh, it'll be weird, in a sense, to see kind of how I wrote back then, how I was feeling, because I'm a, I'm proud to say that I'm a very different person than when I was back in 2013. Heck, back when I, when I wrote the Galactus one in 2015, I'm a different person than I was last week, and I hope, I hope you guys can kind of say the same about your lives, too. Uh, life is all about change. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's a side note. And then one last thing I wanted to say before we get started, I just want to give a huge, huge shout out to, uh, some people who without their help, without their guidance, um, this whole podcast wouldn't have been possible. And, uh, the first person that I want to give that shout out to is me. I want to give a big shout out to myself without me. I wouldn't have made this podcast and, um, I'm being semi-facetious, but no, I, uh, I'm i really proud of myself for pushing me into this uh, realm that I was very, very uncomfortable with. I mean, none of you guys know this, but I'd been wanting to do a podcast for a really long time. I, I, I'm always wanting, been wanting to do some sort of media thing where I can talk about uh, the things that I care about or the things that I love, the hobbies that I have. And it was the same as, you know, you hear it all the time of just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on doing a podcast or, oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'll get to it eventually or, oh, I don't have the equipment. I don't know how to do it. And so um, just a, a small, small kudos to myself for finally taking the leap and doing it. And uh, I know I know that sounds weird, but I, I really do want to pat myself on the back because sometimes it's really hard for me to to do things. And I'm, I'm sure you guys can share in that sort of uh, feeling. It's just it's it's tough to get stuff done sometimes. And uh, so that's that's one, obviously. But besides that, there's two people that I want to give a huge shout out to. And um, I'm, I want to give them call outs, too, as well on uh, on Twitter so that you guys can um, give them a follow as well. And so in that vein, if any of you are curious about what I'm doing with my life, you can follow me at a robots wink. That's a robots wink. Uh, nothing fancy about it. You'll probably find me by just searching Alexander Klein as well on Twitter Instagram, and if you want to check out my ancient Tumblr, you can do it there as well. 
but uh, I am I am pretty heavy on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is where I'll usually post my um, uh, podcast updates, but also just my you know my personal thoughts on life and me screaming into the abyss. Uh, but then my Instagram, uh, you know, as a as a humble brag, my Instagram is is uh, a lot of interesting pictures. I like taking pictures of food, but most importantly, I do a panel of the week. Uh, for most weeks, uh, my favorite panel from Marvel Unlimited, or if I've got a, I see a cool comic book cover, or there, so there's a lot of comic book activity on my Instagram. So if you're interested in seeing uh, great and beautiful art and panels, uh, make sure to follow me on there and and check that out. But again, I'm certainly not going to force you. So, uh, but no, the the big shout out that I want to say is to Mr. Sean Gerber and Mr. Paul Herman. Uh, and I'm going to give their their Twitter handle, Sean Gerber's at Mr. Sean Gerber, uh, G-E-R-B-E-R. You guys may know him more as Mr. Marvel News, Marvel Studios News Podcast. Uh, that's actually the the impetus for this podcast in the in the very first place. I had seen Sean at, doing a review, I think, of Infinity War or something way back when, and so I followed his uh, Marvel Studios News, and I was like, oh, I'll follow this podcast and eventually join the Patreon that he has, which is, and and I laugh all the time at Patreons, GoFundMes, just because that's just, I, I, don't, I don't like asking people for money, but uh, when I saw the, the, uh, the deals, and, and he has since reduced his prices, which is, to me, just crazy, but... Um, you know, good for him, obviously, you know, great customer service, but, uh, it's like for like $3 a month, you get access to just so much. He's got a, he's got a daily bugle, uh, podcast where every single day of the week, uh, Monday through Friday, he posts, um, uh, the news, any Marvel news that's coming out, MCU news. So anything in regards to the movies, or uh, and it's it's strictly usually strictly movies and he goes off books sometimes to great effect. He had some great daily bugles about Bob Iger's book and now I'm reading Bob Iger's book so I'll, I'll share that with you guys. So far, I'm really enjoying it. But Sean is just a um, I would say he's an anomaly in podcasting because he has consistently put out amazing content every single week, every single day. He's got the daily bugle. He's got his regular podcasts that go over Marvel Studios type content. He does uh, audio follow-alongs. Is that what it's called? It's definitely not an audio follow-along. Uh, audio commentary of Marvel movies. So he's got literally like, I mean, I mean, in his crowning achievement, I think he would agree, is he did he, him, Paul Herman, and uh, John Beerley, I believe, they did a f- almost four-hour uh, podcast uh, review spoiler discussion on Avengers Endgame. And that was just mind blowing. Just the amount of time that he spends putting out the, uh, you know, the caliber and level of content that he is doing is just—it's absolutely mind-boggling that someone is able to do something like that. And so, hats off to you, Sean. Thank you so much for doing the things that you do, and thank you so much for inspiring me to uh, to start up a podcast. I, we didn't talk personally about it, but you had had a couple of chan- uh, chances and talks where you had talked about the you know the podcast and that sort of thing and I really thought to myself like okay this you know he did it why can't I do it and so then it took one step further when uh, my good buddy Paul Herman who is at herman22 that's h e r m as in mary a n n and as in nancy and as in nancy 22 um no goes by p thug on there uh, and he's a frequent co-host of a uh, freaking guest, I guess you could say. I don't know if there's a Greg Turkington type situation there with him and Sean on Marvel Studios News. And so another part, another great thing for joining the Patreon at Marvel Studios News is you get, uh, depending on what your tier is, and I think it's like the $5 tier or something, you get access to uh, the Discord, a Discord that is specifically for people through Marvel Studios News. So guys, I mean a lot of you are on that. So a lot of you listening to this are, uh, you know, are probably nodding your head like, yep, Alex, move on. We, we get it. But seriously, guys, that, that community there is just phenomenal. I mean, every person that I've met on there has been just great. It's been a, it's, it's just, it's really nice when you're living in a world where there's not, at least for me, there's not a lot of people around me that are very passionate or as passionate as I am about movies, comics, uh, Marvel stuff. And it's just nice to have a community where everyone there is not only positive, but loves Marvel. And so um, 
Paul had been on there one time and him and I were talking and he was kind of saying, hey, you know, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, yeah, I've thought about it a lot. I just, you know, can never get around to it. And he was kind of giving me some tips and pointers of like, hey, you know, you can try this. It's super easy. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so I, you know, instead of just making it wind blowing out of my, uh, out of my behind, I Google, and, and I'm not kidding you guys, because this is, we're, we're getting to that time where everyone is making a podcast. And so if you want to make one, you might as well as well. My tip is to make your podcast about something that you want to talk about. And that was, that was Paul's and Sean's advice to me was, uh, make it something that you can talk about. Like you need to be consistent in what you do. You need to be consistent in the content that you put out, but you need to be able to talk about it, whether that's by yourself or with somebody else with you. And, uh, it's literally the easiest thing in the world. I thought it was really hard. It is not. I literally Googled how to make a podcast and it was a wiki how page on how to do a podcast. I downloaded uh, a, um, what is it, like an editing software, uh, Audacity, and then I purchased a subscription to SoundCloud. So there was a little bit, There's a. Little, I'll say this, there was some cost to it. I think the SoundCloud, uh, you can upload a certain amount and then you have to pay for it and it's a yearly subscription. I think it was like a hundred and... $40 or something like that. And that I agree, that's probably really high. But for me, for this being a passion project that I've wanted to do for so long, I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to let that stop me. And then I purchased a uh, blue, is it called a blue igloo, a blue Eskimo? I'm pulling my thing up right now. It's a blue, a blue snowball. I blue purchased a blue snowball microphone for on Amazon for sixty bucks, something like that. And then I bought some other gear to uh, that's like a, a crane hook that hangs on it, and some other stuff like that. And that's literally it. And so I went on. There's tips on that how to to find music and and all this stuff. Did all of it and have just gone from there. So again, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you so much, Sean. I know I don't know if you guys are even listening to this, but uh, I just wanted out there that you guys really made an impact on me, and uh, I couldn't be more grateful. And then also a shout out to my amazing wife for uh, Lisa for supporting me in doing this. I I've never met somebody who has for like literally anything that I'm doing been like, yeah, like you should do it. Like, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And her first thing was like, oh, you would be so great at it. Like you have so many things to talk about. And, and, and again, she, she is, uh, her and I work really well together, but she, her, our interests are very different. So she's not a huge Marvel fan. She's not a comic book fan. She's not a huge movie fan, but she still supported me through all of this. So a huge shout out to her, especially on our anniversary. I love you and thank you so much for allowing me to hide in the basement for every single one of these podcasts to record them. And then also a special shout out to my brother, Steven, Stevie Klein, uh, for joining me on a couple podcasts and uh, future joining me on some of those fun, exciting podcasts we're going to be having in the future, guys. Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, that's it. That's it in terms of thank yous. Uh, like I said, I want to really jump into this. So first off, the comics. So guys, Immortal Hulk issue number twenty-five. Uh, this, I, I there was a lot of build-up to this comic. I have been following Immortal Hulk on Marvel Unlimited, and I will say this right now: I regret not just buying these comics outright as they are coming out because Immortal Hulk has been just consistently one of the most amazing comics on the stands in terms of its scope and its you know talking points. It's just it's wild to the point. That I am on, what is it, on Marvel Unlimited, I think we're up to like issue 15, so I'm like 10 issues behind, and I figured, because this, this is the start to a new chapter, was what I was told with Hulk, and guys, I couldn't be more confused. The reason for that is because this, not only is this comic incredible, it just has nothing to do with anything that's been happening in Mortal Hulk, so that's, that's what you get for, for, uh, jumping the gun like that, jumping ahead. But this, the story from what I was told is this is about the ninth universe. And currently I guess the Marvel universe, it's in its sixth iteration. So even that is just Al Ewing is beyond, he's beyond human comprehension at this point. Like I, I've seen him do interviews. I've seen him talk. He's got a beautiful, very strong voice, a very soothing voice, but I'm almost convinced that that isn't Al Ewing. I, I almost think that Al Ewing is just a concept. That he is he, he is just a kind of smattering of atoms, like a 
almost like in this book. I just, I, he seems like a an ethereal pr- presence that uh, has, and I imagine that still is his voice, but he just, the concepts that he has, I would love to spend a day in his head. And, and, and if we're going to, if you know, if we're plugging things in terms of Charles Sewell's book, Anyone, that comes out in December, um, concept of uh, getting to live in somebody else's mind for a day sort of thing, I would do that for Al Ewing in a heartbeat because he just, I, I can't even describe to you. So this is a five ninety nine issue. It's 56 pages. And uh, like I said, I, here's all I'm, I'll, I literally, all I can say, this book is about some sort of being traveling through the blackness of space, meeting up with another being, and then they sort of bond and then sort of like, there's a creation of this moth type creature and then they t- this they like break up. This creature takes off into space again, heading towards a one of like the last planets in the known world. And they keep talking about um, all that they remember is green, like the death of green. And so Hulk shows up, this giant, six times the size of Galactus uh, Hulk. That's like literally the size of bigger than re- regular sized planets. And just destroys this planet, like smashes through it, barely talks, and we get to this point where, you know, the one below all is saying, I am the one below all, with these hands I break, with this mouth I howl, I devoured the selves that were here in a time long past, now there is I, and only I, I am all powerful and my weapon is hate. I have made of this a thing of hate, a hollow shell, a hulk. The mystery frightens and disgusts me. I will kill it, make all hollow as I, dead and dark as I, and I will be alone. Like it, like I said, I, and then it just, by the end of this, and then that's it. It just talks about him being alone. And then we get a sort of interesting thing that happens that's going to probably be leading into the next few issues. And I'm not going to start back up on this. I, I literally can't. I, I'm just going to stick with Marvel Unlimited. because. But I wanted to do this because it was a special issue. Alex Ross's cover of this book is absolutely nuts. It's totally beautiful. And there's some great variant covers too. One Specifically one by Chris Anka. Uh, but... Uh, this is by Al Ewing, and then it's a guest artist today for Jermaine Garcia, and they uh, they knocked it out of the park. They did a great job. It's really good art in here. Chris O'Halloran on color art. Joe Bennett. Wait, Joe Bennett did pencils with Rose Rui Jose on inks, and oh, VCs Corey Petit did the letters. Okay, so Joe Bennett did the pencils. That's interesting. Um, but the art, I don't know. I, all I got to say is if you're a huge Immortal Hulk fan, if you're following this already, it's a no-brainer to pick this up. I will say if you're just doing Immortal Hulk on Marvel Unlimited, I would probably recommend not picking this up because, like I said, I, I'm i totally confused in a great way, in the best way. Like This is such a high-concept comic that I just my brain can't comprehend it because I haven't read the issues prior, and I'm sure all will be revealed in a couple of issues. Just save to say that I feel like Al Ewing is on his, he's got to be on like his 15th life at this point, and he's probably lived to like 10,000 years old because there's no way that a regular human can write a book like that. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. So next up is, and this was another one I wanted to really treat myself this week, The Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle. I uh, this I, I just dropped this book on my desk and it thunked really hard. Guys, this is a 96-page book. It's heavy. It's thick. It's a thick boy, and uh, it's got it's got some heft, and and that's because this is a concept book, and it is an amazing concept book. So here's what the the idea of this book was a round robin, and that's why it's called Full Circle, where seven, and this is, it all explains all of this, that's what I love about this book too, seven teams of Marvel's most creative contributors crafting an all-new adventure, round robin style, with each team picking up the story from where the previous creators left off. No roadmap, no contact, no plan, just a whole lot of prayer, that's what it says. And um, so it says, the order in which the writers were assigned was random, Uh, Nobody knew what else was involved until they received the instructions for their chapter. Even then, they only knew who had gone before them. Each creative team was required to get Spidey out of whatever fix the predecessor had left them in and then move the events of the story forward 
resolve at least one plot element, and then end the chapter on a cliffhanger that the next team has to cope with. So that alone, that's such an intriguing concept. It's like telephone, but a better version of telephone. And so here are the creators. There are eight parts to this story, and that's why it's so big. So part one is by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Chris, Chris Bocello, or Bocello, uh, Tim Townsend, and Al Vey. Part two is Jerry Duggan and Greg Smallwood. Part three is Nick Spencer, Michael Allred, and Laura Allred. Part six, Chip Zdarsky, Rachel Stott, and Triona Farrell. Part seven, Jason Aaron, Cameron Stewart, and Nathan Fairbairn. And then part eight, Jerry... Oh, whoa, I skipped some parts. Yikes. Uh, they do a weird thing. So part three was Nick Spencer. Part four, Kelly Thompson, Valerio Sheedy, and Matea Icano. And then part five was Al Ewing, Chris Sprouse, Carl Story, and Dave McCaig. Back to part eight, which is Jerry Duggan, Nick Spencer, Al Ewing, Mark Bagley, John Dell, and Frank D'Armada, with letters by the great VCs Joe Caramagna. So there is uh, there's a lot to talk about in this, and I but I don't really want to. Sp- there's not really a lot to spoil. So here's what I'll say. This is more of a concept book, so I think the concept should be talked about more so than the story. The story is incredibly straightforward. Spider-Man is assisting Nick Fury up in space. They're trying to take down an AIM like base, AIM and AIM base, and uh, they escape, get down back onto planet Earth, and realize I guess AIM sort of released this, this uh, like a, not a curse but a plague that is turning people into werewolves. And that's all I'm going to say on the story because I think I think any more than that I really don't want to spoil this for you guys just because like I said it's a really long story and it's a really fun read. The best part about this is just seeing how one writer and art art team artist uh, pick up after the last one because the the biggest thing there was a lot of build up to this book. There were a lot of people who on Twitter, especially like you know like Chip Zdarsky and Jason Aaron and uh, uh, Jonathan Hickman, Al Ewan, all talking about like their whole goal was to essentially screw over the person behind them. And you can totally see that in these cases with the cliffhangers that are there. It's like, oh my God, how could you come back from this? And then they do, and then they make an even worse cliffhanger for the next person. So literally, congratulations to all of them. And and the biggest congratulations, I think, can just go to all of them making this a very seamless story. So there's a couple of bits where it's like, oh, okay, like, seems like it's dragging on or whatnot. Again, it's 96 pages, but... Overall, the entire story just feels like one big story. So if you love, if you love, love, love Spider-Man, if Spider-Man's your favorite guy, you got to check this book out because it's just a giant sort of love letter to Spider-Man, I think, and, and just a, a way of making it an absolute crazy story. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's it's funny. For that big of a book, there's not much more to say. Uh, the art just kills everyone's... It feels like everyone is, is on uh, full... They're just on full cowling while they're doing this, full alert. Uh, congratulations to the entire team. But uh, honestly, I just enjoy holding this book because uh, it is heavy. And it, I, I like heavy books. It makes me feel like I got my money's worth. And in this case, I 100% did. And third on our list, but definitely, where was it? Last but not least, and yeah, that's a that's a huge understatement, is Marauders, guys. This was the book that I've been waiting on and I've been waiting for all all week, all month. I, Like I said, I trust that Hickman knows what he's doing when he's writing. I have, I have no doubt. But like I've said, with Jerry Duggan, he's, very, he's hit or miss with me. And so I wanted to see. This was my test, and we still have some more tests to perform. But this was my test of can a different writer handle the X-Men, right? Like, can they handle this world that Hickman has created? Or is it just going to be something where, you know, they're struggling or it just doesn't seem like they're trying to even, you know, tie into what's happened before? Trust me, all of you, trust me when I tell you, and I have keep saying this on all social media platforms, the X-Men are in good hands, great hands even. They're, the X-Men are basically just sitting in a crib right now. They are comfy, cozy, there is absolutely nothing that you need to worry about as of right now. Again, you know, we still got juries out. We got to read all of the different series as they come out. But Jer- hats off to this creative team of Jerry Duggan and uh, Matteo Lali on art with Frederico Blee, a color art, VCs Corey Petit on letters, and Tom Muller on design. 
Uh, this is the Marauders, and this is proof to me that all of these bo books are going to be awesome. And I hope, I hope I'm right. I really hope I'm right. I could be wrong, but I really hope I'm right because here's what I'm going to do. I, I almost have to go through this like uh, I do with the Hickman books because it feels like Hickman's writing it. It just the art is a, is very reminiscent to Pepe Larraz, and that is a great thing. The story opens up, and and I will say this too: full spoilers for Marauders. I, I didn't really want to talk spoilers on Spider Man and Hulk because I'm not as familiar with those issues. And, um, well, and obviously the Spider-Man one's a one-shot, and I, I would love for you guys to check it out, too. But with Marauders, we've been waiting. These are the X-Men ones, so I will be talking spoilers. If you haven't read it or you don't want to hear those spoilers, skip ahead and um, or pause this and come back. So it opens up with Nightcrawler and Storm showing up in Central Park to recruit some mut some young mutants to Krakoa. And uh, along with Kitty Pride, who's there, and she says, see you on the island, and they're all walking through Kakoa. Kitty walks through and, and doesn't make it through. She can't get through the, the portal. She smashes her face, and so that's why in the cover art and all of that, she's got the black eye and the broken nose, because she tried rocking through and just hit her face. And she's just like, what the hell? And then it opens. The opener for this is Ahoy, muties. How great is that? That's just so insane to me. That's so amazing. And then issue one of Marauders, the title, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a, how cool, like I, at that point I was, and then boom, the minute you turn the page, we get an infographic. What Jerry Duggan's doing infographics now, you better believe it. And hell to the yes for that, because that to me means that all of the books are going to have infographics, I hope. And so we get an infographic about Kitty Pride. She stole a boat because she's trying to get to Krakoa, and it's 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 a jur some journals that she had. And in the journal, she kind of goes over that Lockheed is with her, and that she's carrying booze to uh, to the island that Wolverine requested. And that's kind of what we get. So it's like oh, okay, interesting. And so then at that point, she shows up at Krakoa, and uh, she's like the writing is I don't Jerry. Like I said, dude, you've you've been hit or miss for me, but after this, I think I think I'm gonna be a devout follower of yours, and uh, especially when it comes to this story. Hello, Krakoa. What did I do to piss you off? That's what uh, Kitty says. And then um, she, yeah, she's just she is so sassy now, and I, she almost seems like she's turning into the new Logan, the new Wolverine, and they make a clear point of that because um, Wolverine's in this issue, and he's very tame. He's very tame. And, uh, yeah, there's some, just some great dialogue for everybody. Iceman, as you guys know, he's gay. Um, she, he shows up, he says, Hey kitty, welcome to Muti Gras, where the party never stops. Still can't use those gates, huh? She says, no, no, but I've been assured top men are on it. And he says, I'd like to meet these top men. And she says, me too, Bobby. And then Wolverine shows up. He says, did you get it? You got it. All right. And she says, yes, Logan. He dives into the water and swims to the boat and uh grabbing the beer and and so and and logan runs by and kitty says the five really did it they brought them all back and he said and iceman says and they'll do it for all of us if they have to she says hopefully how are you and he says adjusting same as everyone logan's having a hard time with the and i think that's pre-fee menu p-r-i-x-f-i-x-e i don't know i don't know what that means but um, he says, chips, they're an extravagance on this island. And then Logan says, you killed it, Kitty. Really pulled my ass out of the fire while he's carrying a, 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 like a giant box of whiskey and a keg of beer. And then we get an infographic of Logan's shopping list. Guys, let me, I, you may not have heard me. Logan's shopping list. And I'm going to say that one more time because I didn't think we, I, that's what I'm saying. These books are insane. Logan's shopping list. Kitty, I owe you one. Here's my list. Ribs from Rendezvous in Memphis. They'll FedEx to you. Have dry ice ready. Canadian Club Whiskey. Just a couple of cases should do for now. Suds. Load the rest of the hold with as many cases as you can. I prefer bottles, but maybe go with cans in case you hit rough seas. Cubano Sandwiches from the wine cellar in the village. Cram as many as you can into a cooler pomade the dapper dude one and keep that under your hat coffee 
I'm trying to get Doug to get the island to grow some for us. That's Cypher. Uh, until then, oh, make sure it's ground for a cone. I got forged to whip up a solar coffee machine. I think that's it for now. Hey, had an idea. When you get here, maybe the gates will work from this side for you. Worth a shot. Logan. Like, to me, that just means, I think Logan's getting kind of tame. But, you know, Kitty's been drinking right now. She's been, She was drinking on the ride there. She seems a little tipsy. And, uh... She so they then at that point, um, uh, Emma Frost calls Kitty into her office, quote unquote, telepathically, trying to get her to run the Hellfire Trading Company. And she shows her a ship and explains to her that there are mutants all over the world in countries that are not welcoming the mutants, like Russia, North Korea, and she's saying like we want to help them. And um, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it. I can't really decide. But she says, uh, don't think about it. Imagine it. Be a queen, Kate. Do it for the wardrobe. And uh, she's like, yeah. And she says, you will ravish in red. Put yourself in my hands. You deserve it. And so even at this point, she says, uh, what is she saying? She's trying to explain to her, like, no one calls you uh, Kate. And she's like, yeah, well, I, uh, like, pity's unbecoming Kate. She says it at some point. I'm trying to see where it is. But, um Oh, yeah, she says, why haven't you asked the others to stop calling you Kitty yet? And she says, because the X-Men can do a lot of astonishing things, but I don't think that they can do that. We're not really meeting to discuss my name, are we? And so then, so, you know, Emma calls her Kate, and I I like Kate. So she, um, and then at that point, really cool story bit starts. Iceman jumps through a portal that goes, ends up going to Russia, and he shows up and he's like, oh, like, hey, what's up, guys? He doesn't really know it's Russia. And there's a giant, like an army there waiting for him. And this guy in this giant sort of iron suit that shoots at him and negates his powers. So he just, all of his ice falls off and he's just in a speedo. And he's like, uh-oh, and jumps right back through the portal and tells uh, tells Kitty, he's like, oh, my God, I almost died. And so there, uh, he says, they got some kind of knockoff Iron Man suit that deep sixes our mutant powers. And he says, or she, he says, hey, we got a situation with some aggro Russians and we can't go back that way. Kitty is sitting on a tree, like a tree branch, with a beer in her hand. She goes, I want to fight some aggro humans. Iceman, get in my boat. And he's like, wait, we're going to fight in that? And then she's with Storm. She's like, Storm, when's the last time you went sailing? Iceman and I could use the wind at our backs. And she's like, Kitten, does Logan know you're into his stash? of uh, beer she goes aurora i am the stash and that is just like like i said it's just the characterization is crazy we also get an interesting uh dovetail into a separate story with bishop uh trying to figure out some interesting stuff going on in taiwan which uh also seems like it'll turn into something pyro shows up on the boat and explains he said uh iceman says pyro that accent you're the original pyro because obviously there's been some over the future he says yeah mate been gone a while i was i don't remember a damn thing oh guys and i apologize i'm not going to try to do an australian accent and then bam i suddenly awake on this magic island turns out i was one of the first mutants to be resurrected i felt so special until i realized they used me as a lab rat and uh he said i was going to steal this boat but i just decided to take a nap a nap in it instead and then storm says you've been drafted pyro just remember kill no man so it's like we're getting the tie-ins to house and powers guys we're this is truly a giant full-fledged story and that's why i'm so happy that i'm reading this as it comes and then we get the most incredible fight sequence between kitty and the rest of the group of these russians people shooting at her she goes uh in intangible the bullets go through her uh, then they, she like puts a gun in between two people's legs, like two of the soldiers legs and they just lose their minds. They've got a gun inside them. She messes up a whole tank, just beating up these people. And it seems like she steals a sword from one of them, which is her pirate sword from the front. So it just, oh, and then she, um, Lockheed shows up and gives pyro dragon fire, which was insane. And then, and then they're keep, she's like, keep recording. So people are recording all the, the prisoners, the mutant prisoners that are there in Russia. And there's a full page spread of, of Kitty doing a little, a little point at the camera. If you're a mutant and can't get into Krakoa, then the Marauders will bring you home. And, uh, then they're sailing on their boat and just, just the most beautiful. She says, 
I can't live on that island, Storm. And Storm says, I know. And she says, I figure I didn't need to explain myself to my claustrophobic friend. And she says, I don't love the name Marauders. And she says, I was on the spot, and I don't know if the X-Men will want to be associated with what we have to do. And if I stay out here a while, will you stay with me? And Storm says, oh, you got to be kidding me. Guys, this is crazy. I, uh... So I had gotten this comic from my comic shop, and the, the page that has the Logan shopping list had a giant streak of red on it, like a streak of printing red, and I don't know why. It's like an error. So I took it back to the comic shop. They gave me a new copy. This copy has some scuffs on this page on Storm's face, like a same thing, like not a comic shop thing, just a... What happened, Marvel? Come on. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm going to have multiple copies, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but she says, We turned the world upside down so quickly, and so many of our people are trapped in hostile territories. How could I turn my back on them? How could I turn my back on you? I am with you, but you deal with Emma. I want no part of her. And she says, Thank you, my friend. And then um, she telepathically messages Emma, says, Emma, can you hear me? She says, Hello, Kate. She says, the answer is yes to both of your propositions. Oh, darling, you've made me so happy. And she says, where are we going, Kitty? Or Iceman, there, so the last page is a splash page. It says, Iceman says, where are we going, Kitty? She says, anywhere we want, and do me a favor, call me Kate. And then you'd think we're done. Nope, you get the red diamond, the, the, all the best news and gossip from Bar Sinister. Well, guys, I will tell you this much. These secrets, I believe, were actually in the, the um, what was that, Powers of Ten, issue number four. Uh, but it's all stuff having to do with Kitty and the Marauders, and so they're very easy to figure out. But it's just fun to see that they're tying all of these things into this story. So... I just when I was reading it, there was I had cheers in my head, I had fist pumps in my body. I just I'm so happy to be living in this time where we're getting great, 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 great X Men stories, especially now that Kevin Feige is the chief creative officer for Marvel. So maybe he's going to adapt this sort of stuff into movies. I would pay so much money to see this story adapted into film with you know high seas adventure sort of stuff. It's just it's it's out of sight and so i i'm glad i'm really glad i read this and i hope you guys are too i hope you enjoy it uh and that's gonna wrap up our comics and now we're gonna move into the 50th episode special the uh piece of this podcast where just so you guys know like i said we are gonna be going over this is gonna be a little longer of an of an episode but again it's our it's our giant sized 50th anniversary issue so I'm just sipping on a little bit of water here to uh, get my throat good and ready before we get started. So the five superheroes that I uh, wrote essays about way back when, 2013, just so you guys get a heads up. These are these are what I, at the time, and I don't think it's, it's probably been tweaked a little bit, but these are essentially were my favorite superheroes. So they are Spider-Man, The Sentry, Doctor Strange, Nightcrawler, and Black Bolt. And so, like I said, I mean, I love Doctor Strange. I'm sure I probably have a couple of other favorites now. Captain Marvel has quickly risen up there, and that was probably right around when I was reading Kelly Sue DeConnick's run. Uh, It would have come out probably after that. But So, um, like I said, each of these are essays about different pieces of me from back in that time. So I'm going to... I'm probably going to have to, you know, if it's bad... I'll edit it out, but honestly, I think it's going to be fine because um, I'm, I'm not that crazy of a guy. So this first one is called My Conscience, Spider-Man. and says, as I detailed, I can't promise when the post will arrive, but I've studied all five of my favorite heroes and find why they intrigue me so. They are all parts of myself, and each corresponds to a different part of me. So every post will reveal a little more. Peter Parker, as you know, was a young man who loved science and was bullied in school before he turned into who he is today. Bitten by a radioactive spider, he now possesses many awesome abilities. Adherence to objects, super strength, agility, a spider sense that warns him of danger, and also a knack for always having bad luck. I would argue that the Parker luck was something he possessed before becoming a hero, but but it has plagued him ever since. After he got his powers, he got cocky and didn't stop a mugger who later killed his uncle. From that day forward, he lived by his uncle's words of, With great power comes great responsibility. Peter fascinates me because he can never seem to catch a break. 
He has had people he loved die in his arms, and he has lost countless jobs. He has been homeless and penniless. Throughout all of this, he has managed to always have a witty, albeit annoying, attitude towards anything. Some think it annoying, but I think it is just like me. Peter's spider sense makes him process information much faster than a regular human, so while his body is automatically dodging punches, it gives his brain more time to think, and thus he quips quite a bit. While I don't have a spider sense, I find that whenever I'm in a tricky situation, I start cracking jokes, much like much to everyone's annoyment. I'm sure you guys can appreciate that, uh, having listened to me for 50 episodes. Uh, the reason I love Spider-Man so much is that he has sacrificed everything for those he loves. His conscience has prevented him from so many opportunities, but he still manages to survive. My conscience works the same way as his, where I see an opportunity and sometimes I don't act on it because I overthink it too much. And then the Parker luck kicks in and I lose. This has happened quite often, but my life has still managed to be villain-free. It takes a lot of courage to listen to your conscience, and some of my favorite moments in comics are when Spider-Man's true power is revealed, such as during Civil War, when he and uh, when he beat the crap out of Iron Man. When you look at the numbers, Spider-Man is one of the more powerful superheroes in our world. On top of his strength, agility, and super sense, Sp- Peter himself is a scientific genius. He never operates on his full potential for fear of hurting someone. Sometimes I fear that Peter and myself could be so much more if we acted with all of our power, but we don't, and that is because with great power comes great responsibility. So that's interesting. I uh, I think I still feel that way a little bit about myself, but um, I've grown a lot in that role. And and like I said at the beginning of this podcast, like that's that's what it, what I'm talking about is I just I would see opportunities and things that I thought would be exciting for me that weren't. Um, business related or things that were around my career. And I just wouldn't really jump on them because I was nervous that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't succeed or do well. And so now I've just started realizing that you got to go for it. You got to go for these things. You got to trust that even if you mess up or make a mistake, that's part of life. It's it's part of learning. Uh, Next up, my fear, the century. Robert Reynolds is fascinating. As the sentry, he has the power of a million exploding suns. He fought the Hulk at Hulk's maximum, and he turned him back into Bruce Banner. That's from uh, World War Hulk, and I think that's issue number four or five. The sentry ripped Ares, god of war, in half with his bare hands. The sentry also wiped his very existence from the minds of the world. They say that no one can defeat him except for one entity. This villain is called the Void, and he is just as strong as him. The Void destroys everything in his path and makes it a point to ruin the Sentry's life. What makes the Sentry one of my favorite characters is that he is the Void. Um, and that's, you know, call it a spoiler or whatever, but, you know, that's been around for a while. The Sentry is such a wonderful look into the messed up mind of a superhero. He has a dual personality, and if he doesn't keep it under control, he turns into a nightmare machine. The problem is that Ronald, Robert Reynolds is so afraid of the Void that the Void usually takes over. This resonates with me not because I have a welling horror inside of me, but because I believe everyone has fears. Everyone has something that they are so afraid of happening that they obsess over it. Sometimes it almost seems like we are not satisfied until our fears come true. I am afraid of a lot of things, but they are mostly intangible. Age, disappointment, and separation. I also have a very huge fear of glitter and of getting my hands dirty. For the intangible fears, I wrestle with them every so often, and sometimes the void wins. Whenever the Sentry freaks out, many of his friends, including Mr. Fantastic and most of the Avengers, come to the rescue, not to fight him, but to remember him, to remind him of all the good times they've had. They basically are his suicide hotline, and that is how I fight my fears too. I have an amazing family that has come to my aid more times than I can count. None of you have the power of a million exploding suns, but you all have the power to fight your fears. And wow, guys, that... um, I, I really shouldn't say wow i'm the one i i wrote these it's not it's whatever but uh i will say i still have a huge fear of glitter <coughs> and uh of getting my hands dirty that is a, a fact and i would also add death on that list of intangible things i don't know why i didn't mention it at that time because i definitely was still afraid of it then i'm afraid of it now 
I'm not, I'm sort of afraid of age, I guess. Disappointment is still a real thing, and separation not to be a little more independent. But um, overall, yeah, and that's why I just, I love this entry because of that, and that's why he's one of my faves. My Perseverance, Dr. Strange. Stephen Strange was a cocky neurosurgeon and very wealthy until he got into a car crash that damaged his hands. They ended up healing, but not to the full extent that is needed for a surgeon. So he searched the world for a cure and eventually learned the mystic arts. Through his time, he has become the most powerful sorcerer in the world and has humbled himself a thousandfold. Strange reminds me of myself because I was in the same boat as him. My whole goal in college was to land a really sweet job. I worked hard in school and never really had fun because I focused all my time on getting a job. And that is 100% true. When junior year rolled around, I earned an internship and thought that I was the coolest cat. In my eyes, the internship didn't go great, as the place I worked at had a lot of issues. But I learned a lot, and not just about work, but about myself. They were very blunt about the way that they felt about me, and sometimes it was rude, but I needed it. And I'm not going to go into this on the podcast, but yeah, I just, I got a, it was a really bad situation. I, I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, no, I, I did not need it. I, I, constructive criticism would have been much better than what was given to me. Uh, but I was a, I was a cocky neurosurgeon and they threw me from my tower. After that internship, I didn't have any luck the entire year finding a job. I still haven't found one almost two years later. Truthfully, I'm glad that I had that experience. As hard as it is to be told everything that is wrong with me, it showed me a side of myself that I had refused to see and had since humbled me greatly. The thing about Dr. Strange and myself is that we have not given up. He and I have been put through the ringer, and during it all, we have kept our heads up. We know that everything bad that happens can be a window into who we are as a people. I won't give up on finding a job or career, and I won't give up on figuring out who I am. I thought I was the per- I was perfect, as most college business students do, and I am glad to find out that I'm not. It takes some people years in a in a job to realize that I have to realize what I have. But I am thankful that I have found myself. I am weird. I am a hard worker. I am imperfect. I am a leader. I am strange. So yeah, that I mean, real real briefly, that was I won't name the company that was an intern at because I I bear absolutely no ill will towards the company itself because um, I, I I actually love that company and. Um, uh, it just it was weird. I was in a group of like five different interns that all uh, were at different stores, and uh, I created a uh, like these different sort of projects. Like I did a this sort of spreadsheet to track sales and financial numbers and all of this stuff. I went and you know worked in different areas and and tried to I increased sales in multiple areas as well that that were kind of in the red I brought them up to green just because I'm passionate about that sort of stuff and and that's all documented and for some reason out of all 5 of the interns I was the only one that was not chosen to be given a job these other interns did not do the level of work that I did I don't know what it was, and and the the store manager, his words to me, and I I, I literally kept their fun because they they did a final report that they wrote out to me, and for some reason they wrote it all in their report too, and I, I threw it away. I threw the report away. I had kept it for years because I wanted to make I wanted to frame that report and put it on my wall when I made something of myself as a you know in in the business world to show like where where I came from, but literally what he said was. Um, he basically said it was because I have not faced enough hardship in my life. It seemed like I, everything had been given to me and that I was very entitled and I just, I, I, I didn't get it. And, and part of me saw that where I was like, yeah, you know, I haven't, I hadn't faced a lot of hardship because I, I worked hard to try and avoid it, but, um, it was weird. And so that's where I kind of was writing on that. And I'm sure there was a little bit of me just getting my frustrations out. All right. Next up, my faith. This is Nightcrawler. Lucky for you, this is not about religion, but about my faith in my future. Kurt Wagner was born different, just like me, and while I do not possess the blue fur, the teleportation, or the agility and tail, I understand what it means to grow up in a world that is different than you. I had the pleasure of growing up in a small town populated by just over a thousand people, and I was the only Catholic there. I was the only weirdo who didn't want to play football. I was the only guy who loved taking tests and playing video games, not farming and driving big trucks. 
I knew I was different, but it often made me very self-conscious. I still tried to see the best in people, and my faith never faltered, just like Nightcrawler. He was the soul of the X-Men until he died, and the team has not been the same since. Guys, this was this was after that run uh, where Nightcrawler died, and he's obviously since back. His faith in God and his fellow team members was unfaltering. He even believed in the people who persecuted him. He never knew if things would get better, but he had faith. At times, he let the persecution get to him, and he would try to hide his differences, but eventually he realized that is who he was. I was the same way, trying to fit in by playing certain sports or wearing certain clothes. I never did it to impress girls. I I never did it to impress girls. I did it to impress guys. Not so that they would date me, but that so they wouldn't question me. Okay, I also wanted to impress girls too. Uh, Now that I have some experience under my belt, I have too realized that trying to change who you are is not the answer. Having faith that people will love and like you for who you are is a challenge that not many are up for. It is hard to crawl so far through the mud and to wonder when things will be different. But when you finally realize that you are the one dragging yourself around, your attitude can change. Have faith in yourself and you will then have faith in others. If you love who you are, people tend to see that and will respect you for it. If they don't, then they probably won't be around long. I used to spend long days in Texas praying that I was a mutant because it had to be the explanation as to why I was different. And I remember many times riding my bike around the neighborhood wondering what my power would be. I may never get a power, although I am still holding my breath, but I know that I have learned to love who I am and have faith that others will too. So that's... uh. Yeah, same thing. I um yeah, I was just I've always just been a little and I'm sure you guys have picked up on that in the way that I <laughs> I do stuff on this podcast. I've just always been a little weird, a little quirky and and I just the town I, I moved around a lot when I was younger and so that that town it was an amazing town. I made a lot of great friends, but I just I always felt a little out of place there because the things that people cared about there were very different than the things that I cared about and um the you know, the kind of person that I was. So it, it, um, it changed me obviously, but, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm looking at these and I'm really glad that I'm reading these. Like I said, guys, I, uh, I have not read these in years. So I, I, I apologize if there's anything weird in here. You got to remember that this was written by like a 21 year old at this point, probably like a 20 year old, idiot, dumb, dumb trash person. But, uh, um, I mean, if you're liking them, I'm great. I was, I was a really cool kid, but if you're not liking them, I was kind of, I was an idiot. So don't worry about it. Um, <clears throat> last one. My potential, Black Bolt. Ooh, and I, I, I love this one because I, I really do love Black Bolt. Oh, wow. Okay, Black Bolt is one of the coolest superheroes. Not only can he fly, but he has the power of molecular manipulation. What tops it all is his hypersonic voice. His voice is so powerful that even if he whispers, he can shatter bones. I'll point out he can also shatter mountains. It is said that his full voice is enough to destroy planets, the equivalent of a nuclear weapon. What makes him one of my favorite heroes is that he never talks. He understands what power he has and keeps constant watch on himself. Even in the most dire situations, he will not speak for fear of destruction. Even so, he is the king of the Inhumans, and he gets his message across with telepathy to his wife Medusa, who he shares a bond with. In all my comic readings, I have seen him use his voice less than a handful of times, and when he did, it was the most spectacular thing to watch. I think I like Black Bolt so much because him and I share an untapped potential. No, I don't have a sonic voice, but there are a lot of times I feel like my voice can move mountains. I have been in love with public speaking and writing since a very young age, and I pride myself on being able to move a crowd. The biggest feeling I get is the moment before any speech or essay, because I wonder how my words will affect the people who read them. The potential is huge. Many times I've been told that I can captivate a room with my speech, and it's times like that that I realize my own potential. Black Bolt's voice and my voice are both very powerful. His can rock planets physically, while I hope to make mine rock planets metaphorically. I understand that I have to work my way up in this world before I can make lasting change on a grand scale, but I know that my day will come, whether that is through a speech, writing, or even a whisper. Guys, that's uh, that's funny. That's like uh, kind of a wow to to see where I am right now doing this podcast. That 
<sighs> wow, that's really cool. And yeah, let's just move on on the uh, Alex Klein is great train. Uh, is there? I wonder if there's an essay in here about how not great I am. So it does, so I'm not giving you guys a because man, if any of you met me in person, you'd be like, oh wow, uh, yeah, your writing is a lot better than you are in real life, and uh, that's that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I guess I. I'm actually not going to apologize for that sort of stuff. And I, I, I will apologize for attempting to apologize. I will say this. If you guys feel like you have a skill or something that you think you're really good at, it does not matter what that is. It can be the simplest thing. If you think you're good at writing ABAB poems, if you think you're good at reading books, if you think you're good at uh, organizing drawer, whatever it is, own that own that and know that you are good like don't feel the need to apologize for bragging about how you know how you feel about that sort of stuff and I guess bragging is the wrong word but they always say when you go into a job interview don't be afraid to share your strengths and don't be afraid to brag about yourself yet in real life in, in outside of work you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to say how you're great at doing something because it makes you look like a jerk if you're good at something, be proud of it. Be proud to share it and be proud to help others and use your gifts to help others. Use your gifts to make the world better. And, with, and speaking of worlds, uh, this is the final piece. And we are—we just jumped over the hour. Congratulations, everybody. We are at an hour on this podcast. Um, this is something that I wrote. And yeah, no, no, it's not. Honestly, it's not even a poem. But you'll see, you'll see the way that I wrote this. I, I was very specific in when I wrote this. So this is wrote this in 2015. It's called The Devourer of Worlds. Emptiness. The engulfing void of the universe creeps into his peripheral. A darkness all around him spanning eons. The beyond and whatever is beyond that. Nothing escapes his vision and nothing is out of reach. The twinkling stars and planets are his home. This is his world. Tracing across the galaxy, Galactus searches for that planet, that one rock that will satiate his soul, fill up his want, curb his need. He hungers. In the cold empty of space, stars twinkle all around him. Like the thousands of lives he has erased in his quest to feed, you don't think he feels every last one of them? Every man, woman, and child, their screams only he can hear from all those miles away. The faces that are seared into his core, each memory haunts him. His appetite grows. He hungers. He sends his herald, Silver Surfer, out into the cosmos to search for the next meal, the next space crater in the depths. When found, his machines set up and begin to break down the energies of the planet, begin to turn the magma, rock, and water into nutrients for his endless need. The surface cracks and breaks, both on the planet and on him. How much longer can he keep this going? He was once a man too, just like all of them. He had hopes and dreams. Do theirs matter less as they fall into the abyss? But the abyss inside him grows. He hungers. The life force of this world of sprawling forests and ancient ruins is his to enjoy. He can feel the energy entering into his body, giving him what he craves. His herald, Silver Surfer, watches in silence as his machines churn and destroy. A silent sentinel who he desperately needs by his side. What does he think of him? What thoughts run through Surfer's head as Galactus consumes? Is he disappointed? He should be. Mass genocide is the order of the day. How can he sit idly by? How can he? How can he watch as the machines decimate, as his master engulfs the world? He devours. Silver Surfer, Norrin Rad, a man saved by the one thing he despises, trapped on a doomed planet in the clutches of Galactus, begging to spare his planet in return for servitude as the herald. He saved his home, but at what cost? Cursed to scour the spaceways in search of his next meal. He has more than paid his debt, hasn't he? Why won't I let him go? 
Why won't I free him from his bondage? Perhaps I cannot adjust to the idea that I am truly alone. I am forced to live off death. I have murdered millions in order to survive. What have I done? I have no one. I have nothing. My soul is as empty as the universe I occupy. I am Galactus, the devourer of worlds, and I am completely and utterly alone. Ooh, I oh, sorry, I got chills reading that. I uh, it wasn't as good as I remember, and that's I'm not trying to you know be an apologist. I'm just I I thought that it was a poem. But it's not. And I'm trying to remember. I don't remember what was going through my head when I was writing this. Because I, I was trying to make it where it was like, okay, slowly we're building up to finding out that this entire story is by Galactus. Galactus is talking in the third person. And uh, we just, we sort of learn. And that's my, I was just laying up one night and I was thinking about Galactus because I'm always thinking about Galactus. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. And uh, just the fact that he is a universal necessity. He is a, he balance, he truly balances the scales. And, and you see that in all the comics, they explain that. But I just kept thinking to myself, like, he's got to be lonely. Like, he, doing what he does is got to be just the hardest thing in the world. And obviously, after an amount of time, I'm sure he gets desensitized to it. But, like... It's got to be just so sad to be eating eating all those lives, all that energy and life force. And to have a herald search for things for you, it's like, oh, well, you can't do it yourself. And I'm thinking to myself, well, but what if he does it because he wants company? He wants someone to be with him because he can't ever have company. Any, any chance of company just gets devoured by his appetite. And so, um, yeah, so that's, and I, uh, so I decided to write about it. Like I said, that's, uh, when I get, you know, sort of inspired, I just sort of write stuff. So um, I, I will ask you guys as we wrap up here. I know I, I don't think there's a comment option in uh, um, on SoundCloud or uh, certainly not on iTunes. But uh, I'd love to hear you guys' feedback on this 50th episode. Is this the sort of stuff that you guys are liking? Do you want me to read more things to you? Do you want me? Well, I, I, I would love for you guys to dictate the direction that these things go. So uh, tweet at me, send me uh, you know, a DM, whatever you need to do, whether that's on Instagram or Twitter, again, at a robot's wink. Uh, the, the photo uh, on Twitter is me in the sand, holding my hands up to the sky, uh, wearing a Dr. Strange Funko Pop shirt. And then on Instagram, I think it's just my face. But um, I would just, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Again, I don't want to be doing things that you guys don't like. I don't want to be... Um, Certainly, because you know it's 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 no sweat off my back. I'm not gonna. I don't want to read my essays all the time. I'm certainly not gonna do that. Though I have some. I, I think I have some really funny ones in here. I wrote a lot of comedy essays back in the day. I actually used to be a writer for a uh, a, a website called The Impersonals, and uh, I would do um, essays for them and uh, little videos. So um, I, I just love doing that sort of stuff. So if there's something that you, you guys want me to touch on or whatnot, please let me know. I'm always looking for constructive feedback. But um, that's where we're going to wrap this this episode up. So again, thank you all for listening this far and for supporting me by, um, by listening. I mean, there's no other way you can do it besides listening. But thank you so much for doing so. And I look forward to another 50 episodes. So for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this and enjoy reading these comics.